Chapter Forty Two of Dope. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Dope by Sax Romer. Chapter Forty Two. A Year Later. Beneath an awning spread above the balcony of one of those modern, elegant flats which today characterize Heliopolis, the city of the sun, site of perhaps the most ancient seat of learning in the known world, a party of four was gathered, awaiting the unique spectacle which is afforded when the sun's dying rays fade from the Libyan sands and the violet wonder of the afterglow conjures up old magical egypt from the ashes of the desert yes monty Irvin was saying only a year ago but thank god it seems more like ten merciful time effaces sadness but spares joy he turned to his wife whose flower-like face peeped out from a nest of white fur covertly he squeezed her hand and was rewarded with a swift half coquettish glance in which he read trust and contentment the dreadful ordeal through which he had passed had accomplished that which no physician in europe could have hoped for since no physician would have dared to adopt such drastic measures actuated by deliberate cruelty and with the design of bringing about her death from apparently natural causes the casma group had deprived her of cocaine for so long a period that sanity life itself had barely survived but for so long a period that surviving she had outlived the drug craving casma had cured her monty irvin turned to the tall fair girl who sat upon the arm of a cane rest chair beside rita but nothing can ever efface the memory of all you have done for rita and for me he said nothing mrs seaton oh said margaret my mind was away back and that sounded so odd seaton pasha who occupied the lounge chair upon the broad arm of which his wife was seated looked up smiling into the suddenly flushed face they were but newly returned from their honeymoon and had just taken possession of their home for Seaton was now stationed in Cairo. He flicked a cone of ash from his cheroot. It seems to me that we are all more or less indebted to one another, he declared. For instance, I might never have met you, Margaret, if I had not run into your cousin that eventful night at Prince's, and Gray would not have been gazing abstractly out of the doorway if Mrs. Irvin had joined him for dinner as arranged one can trace almost every episode in life right back and ultimately come to kismet cried his wife laughing merrily so before we begin dinner tonight which is a night of reunion i'm going to propose a toast to kismet good said seaton we shall all drink it gladly eh irvin gladly indeed agreed monty irvin you know seaton he continued we have been wondering rita and i and ever since your wife handed her patient over to me as cured we have covered some territory 
i don't know if you or chief inspector carey has been responsible but the press accounts of the casma affair have been scanty to baldness one stray bit of news reached us in colorado i think what was that mr irvin asked margaret leaning towards the speaker it was about molly gretna someone wrote and told me that she had eloped with a billiard marker a married man with five children seaton laughed heartily and so did margaret and rita right cried seaton she did when last heard of she was acting as barmaid in a portsmouth tavern but monty irvin did not laugh poor foolish girl he said gravely her life might have been so different so useful and happy i agree replied seaton if she had had a husband like carrie oh please don't said margaret i almost fell in love with chief inspector carrie myself a grand fellow declared her husband warmly the casma inquiry was the triumph of his career monty irvin turned to him you did your bit seaton he said quietly the last words inspector carey spoke to me before i left england were in the nature of a splendid tribute to yourself but i will spare you blushes carey is as white as their maid replied seaton but we should never have known for certain who killed sir lucian if he had not risked his life in that filthy cellar as he did rita irvin shuddered slightly and drew her furs more closely about her shoulders shall we change the conversation dear whispered margaret no please said rita you cannot imagine how curious i am to learn the true details for as monty says we have been out of touch with things and although we were so intimately concerned neither of us really knows the inner history of the affair to this day of course we know that casma was a dummy figure posed in a big ebony chair he never moved except to raise his hand and this was done by someone seated in the inner room behind the figure but who was seated there seaton glanced inquiringly at his wife and she nodded smiling right oh he said if you will excuse me for a moment i will get my notes hello here's gray a little two-seater came bowling along the road from cairo and drew up beneath the balcony it was the car which had belonged to margaret when in practice in dover street quinton gray jumped out waving his hand cheerily to the quartet above and went in at the doorway seaton walked through the flat and admitted him sorry i'm late cried gray impetuous and boyish as ever although he looked older and had grown very bronzed the chief detained me go through to them said seaton informally i'm getting my notes we're going to read the thrilling story of the casma mystery before dinner good enough cried gray i'm in the dark on many points he had outlived his youthful infatuation although it was probable enough that had rita been free he would have presented himself as a suitor without delay but the old relationship he had no desire to renew a generous self-effacing regard 
had supplanted the madness of his earlier passion rita had changed too she had learned to know herself and to know her husband so that when seton pasha presently rejoined his guest he found the most complete harmony to prevail among them he carried a bulky notebook and tapping his teeth with his monocle ladies and gentlemen he began whimsically i will bore you with a brief account of the extraordinary facts concerning the casma case margaret was seated in the rest chair which her husband had vacated and seaton took up a position upon the ledge formed by one of the wide arms every one prepared to listen with interest undisguised there were three outstanding personalities dominating what we may call the casma group continued seaton in order of importance they were Sinsinois, Sir Lucian Pine, and Mrs. Sin. Rita Irvin inhaled deeply, but did not interrupt the speaker. I shall begin with Sir Lucian, Seaton went on. For some years before his father's death, he seems to have lived a very shady life in many parts of the world. He was a confirmed gambler, and was also somewhat unduly fond of the ladies' society in buenos aires the exact date does not matter he made the acquaintance of a variety artiste known as la belle lola a cuban jewess good-looking and unscrupulous i cannot say if sir lucian was aware from the outset of this affair with la belle that she was a married woman but it is certain that her husband since in Bois, very early learned of the intrigue and condoned it how sir lucian came to get into the clutches of the pair i do not know but that he did so we have ascertained beyond doubt i think personally that his third vice opium was probably responsible for sinsinois appears throughout in the character of a drug dealer these three people really become interesting from the time that la belle lola quitted the stage and joined her husband in the conducting of a concern in buenos aires which was the parent if i may use the term of the casma business later established in bond street from a music-hall illusionist who came to grief during a south american tour they acquired the oriental waxwork figure which subsequently mystified so many thousands of dupes it was the work of a famous french artist in wax and had originally been made to represent the pharaoh rameses the second for a paris exhibition attired in eastern robes and worked by a simple device which raised and lowered the right hand it was used firstly in a stage performance and secondly in the character of casma the dream reader even at this time sir lucian had access to good society or to the best society which Buenos Aires could offer, and he was the source of the surprising revelations made to patrons by the dream reader. At first, apparently, the drug business was conducted independently of the Casma concern, but the facilities offered by the latter for masking the former soon became apparent to the wily Sinsinois. Thereupon, the affair was reorganized on the lines later adopted in Bond Street casmas became a secret dope shop and annexed to it 
was an elaborate chandu khan conducted by the chinaman mrs sin was the go-between you are all waiting to hear or to be exact two are waiting to hear gray and margaret already know who spoke as kasma through the little window behind the chair the deep-voiced speaker was juan marino mrs sin's brother mrs sin's maiden name was lola marino many of these details were provided by marino who after the death of his sister to whom he was deeply attached volunteered to give crown evidence most of them we have confirmed from other sources behold casma the dream reader then established in buenos aires the partners in the enterprise speedily acquired considerable wealth sir lucian at this time plain mr pine several times came home and lived in london and elsewhere like a millionaire there is no doubt i think that he was seeking a suitable opportunity to establish a london branch of the business my god said monty Irvin, how horrible it seems horrible indeed agreed seaton but there are two features in the case which in justice to sir lucian we should not overlook he who had been a poor man had become a wealthy one and had tasted the sweets of wealth also he was now hopelessly in the toils of the woman lola with the ingenious financial details of the concern which were conducted in the style of the jose santos company i need not trouble you now we come to the second period when the flat in albemarle street and the two offices in old bond street became vacant and were promptly leased by marino acting on sir lucian's behalf and calling himself sometimes mr isaacs sometimes mr jacobs and at other times merely posing as a representative of the jose santos company in some other name all went well the concern had ample capital and was organized by clever people sinsonwa took up new quarters in limehouse they had actually bought half the houses in one entire street as well as a wharf and sinsonwa brought with him the goodwill of an illicit drug business which already had almost assumed the dimensions of a control sir lucian's household was a mere bluff he rarely entertained at home and lived himself entirely at restaurants and clubs the private entrance to the casma house of business was the back window of the cubanist cigarette company's office from thence down the back stair to casma's door it was a simple matter for marino to pass unobserved sir lucian resumed his role of private inquiry agent and marino recited the revelations from notes supplied to him but the dream-reading part of the business was merely carried on to mask the really profitable side of the concern we have recently learned that drugs were distributed from that one office alone to the amount of thirty thousand pounds worth annually this is excluding the profits of the house of a hundred raptures and of the private chandu orgies organized by mrs sin the casma group gradually acquired control of the entire market and we know for a fact that at one period during the war they were actually supplying smuggled cocaine indirectly to no fewer than twelve r a m c hospitals the complete ramifications of the system 
we shall never know i come now to the tragedy or series of tragedies which brought about the collapse of the most ingenious criminal organization which has ever flourished probably in any community i will dare to be frank sir lucian was the victim of a woman's jealousy am i to proceed seaton paused glancing at his audience and if you please whispered rita monty knows and i know why she killed him but we don't know the nasty details said quintin gray carry on seaton are you agreeable irvin i am anxious to know replied irvin for i believe sir lucian deserved well of me that as he was seaton clapped his hands and an egyptian servant appeared silently and mysteriously as is the way of his class cocktails mahmoud the egyptian disappeared there's just time declared margaret gazing out across the prospect before sunset end of chapter forty two recording by john brandon